Whatever, just make sure you're speaking close to the mic. Christian John, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Coming in from Long Island. Guys, I hope you like this new angle. We're getting a little bit more space. I feel like, you know, when people are in the studio, sometimes we get a little bit jammed out by the table right here. Christian, what's up, buddy? How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. So you're coming in from Long Island. Um, The last time I saw you was at the stand. Well, I saw you at the stand, and then I saw you at Revision. So how you been, man? Good, man. What's been going on? Nothing working. I have a day job. I'm not a full-time comic yet. But, uh, yeah, doing my thing day, day job by day and then grinding comedy at night. Nice. So what are you doing during the day? I'm a physician. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you went to medical school for four years, did the residency, did yeah. everything? Yeah. I graduated med school exactly 10 years ago this month. Nice. And then I finished residency five years ago. What kind of doctor are you? I'm what's called a physiatrist. So, what's that? Um, the, the field is called physical medicine and rehabilitation. So basically what we do is we're, uh, we oversee physical therapists, occupational therapists, and speech therapists. And we do a lot of pain management. So I give a lot of injections uh, and joints and muscles and stuff. And uh, I manage a lot of narcotic medication. Oh, really? Okay. So I had, um, well, I've, this is my, about two months ago, I started to have like a flare up in my foot and in the past i've taken enbrel i'm not sure if you've heard of enbrel mm-hmm. it's basically for like i forget what it's called it's psoriatic arthritis uh-huh. something like that so if i i've had pains like all over my body at like random periods of time like i got a torn hamstring torn labrum um like torn groin muscle just like all over the place in terms of like not really even knowing what it was caused from oh wow. so um I were, you, tried, were you given that diagnosis yeah i mean well that was, was that's what like i saw so many doctors over a period of like two years this was probably like three and a half years ago before i started getting really serious into comedy um i just had a number of pains that the doctors really cannot just figure out like at all and i was taking prednisone a lot yeah. so i got chunky um but finally thanks god i'm all good i'm healthy now and um i don't want to say like the main part of it was but like this is when i kind of started experiencing or kind of started to experiment with like veganism and stuff. And I think that helped uh, for the most part, just in terms of like health and feeling better. When did you better. start that? When I started like going vegan. Yeah. Um, now about like two and a half years ago when I turned like fully vegan, I stopped eating fish about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. But I think just the, when, once I started like taking out meat, cause I had jaw surgery initially, so I couldn't really chew meat. And um, I just kind of switched to like the oatmeal, fruits, softer foods, and it made me feel better. And then on top, on top of that, just getting more active and stuff like that. But do you see mo- mostly like older patients? Yeah, I work in nursing homes exclusively. Oh, okay. Yeah. What does your day to day kind of look like? Um, not not comedy wise, just in the beginning. Of yeah, the day. no. I so feel free to sip on some of that water. Oh, man. you're the best. It's all you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the nursing home every day, um, and then you just have a lineup of. Nursing homes are weird because they're they're tech, they're called skilled nursing facilities. So skilled meaning they have skilled therapy services, PT, OT, speech, that sort of a thing. Because nursing homes they're divided into the long care, long term care unit where the old ladies live. You know, not many old guys because ladies naturally just live longer than dudes. Really? And yeah. I mean, there's some patients that are gentlemen, like older gentlemen. Yeah, but, but like how much older would you say that a woman? Mainly, a- mainly it's women. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Females outlive. Sure. Well, my um, my grandpa passed away about two, right before the pandemic, so two and a half years ago, and my grandma's still around. Uh, but yeah, I noticed that people do have like more so grandmas than grandpas. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. And then the other part of it, though, is just the physical therapy. Like if you need inpatient therapy, like let's say there's a young person who had uh, an accident, like an orthopedic accident, and they just need to be getting aggressive therapy, inpatient therapy. Uh, then they're going to do a little short stint 
in the nursing home. What's like an inpatient? What do you mean? What did, so uh, if somebody gets in a car you get accident? therapy, like, so if there's different like levels of how aggressive physical therapy is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, if your injury is not the worst, you can go home and take care of yourself and then just go to like an outpatient office and get some therapy like twice a week sort of a thing. But other people who've had such a bad accident, they can't take care of themselves. They're not necessarily going to be there forever, but they just need some, they need 24 hour nursing care. So they're going to be in the nursing home for let's say a month or two months or three months. They're not an old lady or and a senior citizen who's going to live there forever. They're just there to get their, their therapy, their rehab. And then they're going to go. It puts them there though. Uh, Well, there's, so that's kind of part of my job. Um, or people with my job, that's not really what I do, but people with my specialty can do that, where uh, let's say somebody goes to the hospital, let's say they get like COVID, for example. COVID was a big one, where it can knock somebody out. They had like really severe COVID um, or anything. Let's say they had a stroke or they had a bike accident or uh, a traumatic brain injury, something like that. Then after they're medically optimized, right, where their lives were saved or whatever, and they're in the hospital, uh, a physiatrist, which is what I am, could go there and be like, okay, this guy is a good candidate for aggressive therapy. It'll help his functioning functioning get back to baseline, but he's going to need a little bit more than like twice a week. He needs aggressive therapy. So he, I recommend him to be put into a 24-hour rehab program for like maybe let's say like a month, and then he can go home when do he's you, deemed safe to go Do you do exercises with these patients? Yeah, that's physical therapy is a lot of that. So, uh, do you and occupational therapy. Right, do you have just like baseline exercises that you'd use for maybe like an older woman or an older gentleman? Yeah, you see a lot of like the same things, balance issues, uh, you know, disuse atrophy with muscular, you know, with your muscles and stuff. So it's hard to, you know, your, your proximal muscles, meaning like your muscles closer to your trunk, they get weak. So those are like your leg muscles. You, yeah. We, we rely on these muscles to stand up. So they have trouble standing, you know, that sort of a thing. So, so would, standing, you, would, you suge- would you suggest to like the younger crowd, I mean, people who are like 30 years old and under to exactly. consistently exercise? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm 37, so I'm already starting to feel it. Like even in my shoulders, I could, if I'm lifting up my arms for like a long time trying to put on deodorant, I'm already tired. Well, how do you feel about driving? Because like, so I, I rarely drive. I sometimes go out to Long Island, but that mm-hmm. happens maybe once every three months, something like that. I'll yeah. notice that if I no joke drive for longer than an hour, my arms are like this. Like yeah. I'll start to feel in my shoulder like a cramp and my neck cramp. Yo, like yeah. Even sometimes like in my foot. Yeah. You know, just from like pedal down, in pedal up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I imagine that has to be some of it. Like of it course. That's why I'm out difficult. of a car. Now I'm in a, in a SUV with a, like a higher ceiling. Just like better ergonomics sort of a thing because I, I was in a Honda Civic for like nine years. And you felt like you were like, like kind like of crunching yeah. over. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that driving just for the everyday person, everybody drives, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, the only people that don't drive are like people who are in the city, like yeah. kind of us th- throughout, the, uh, throughout the week. But um, You nailed it. Like once you're 30, 30 and up, you start to really feel like all the... Uh, I'm trying to work out almost every day, man. I'm, I'm, How old so, are you? I'm, in, I'm 30 actually. Oh, okay, nice. So I'm in the gym at least five days a week. That's great. Um, and then I've been trying to do more legs. So now, yeah, like you're talking about. And I, oh, you always kind of see like the older generation. I mean, the the toughest things that they have a hard time with is standing up. Mm-hmm. You know, like walking. walking yeah. yeah, walking, I mean, is like second to that. But I mean, you always kind of have to help your grandma and grandpa up out of the seat. Yeah. Help them into the car, stuff yep, like that. Exactly. So you suggest that right. people 
kind of just focus on walking and doing leg workouts? What What's the preventative state? Yeah, lots of state? that. Exactly. That's exactly what you do. It's, it's a very simple, like, straightforward thing. It's a practice makes perfect sort of a thing. So you want to do, like, lots of exercises um, for the joints, for the muscles, for the heart, and for the lungs, for conditioning purposes, energy. And then the other part to it is you want to uh, eliminate hazards and optimize, like, different compensatory things. So grab bars in the shower so that they don't slip a tub transfer bench sort of a thing, a commode, you know, do you know what a commode is? No. A commode is like a, it's like a, a, a portable toilet sort of a thing. We have this thing where our blood pressure is fine everywhere we go or every position we're in when we go from like laying to stand to, to sitting to standing. But when we get older, when we go from a laying to a sitting position, our blood pressure goes down and then we could start to get loopy. This happens to old people all the time. And then they faint and then they fall. So uh, imagine that happening. And then at, you, when you have a fall as an older person, this is a really depressing podcast. No, 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 dude, I love <laughs> it. We're learning. We're learning. Oh, yeah. We don't know anything no, about this. It's just like these are common Please things that happen. Continue. So like, you know, old people, their blood pressure goes down very fast because of positional changes. Um, and then that leads to falls. And then commonly that could either lead to a head injury or a hip fracture. How do you feel about the older generation driving and like how often they should be getting their license checked yeah, out? Yeah, I changed? mean, uh, that's a good question. I, in terms of like policy, I'm not great with like legal stuff, but yeah, it's that's a really difficult thing. I mean, it's not just driving, just even living alone. There, there are ten, plenty of patients that we have uh, that they're completely independent. They're living alone. They might have like one child. Uh, in another state checks in here and there maybe. and they're, yeah and they're like 80 years old or 85 years old and they've been taking care of themselves and then we see them and they've got like full-on dementia it's like how they've been going this long and they're probably dry you know what i mean and they get found by their neighbor or whatever else have you, like, have you seen older people that have just been in really great shape and then they'll kind of tell you what they've done their entire life or do you kind of yeah, see, see that a lot or do you kind of see patients that are um not in good health well, you see, you see a lot of people. I, I tend to see people who are not in good health because that's just the nature of why I'm seeing job. them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you do see people who are in great, great shape. And it's exactly what you said when you're like, they'll tell you what they do. Yeah, they'll always be like, I was an athlete my whole life. So if you put in the time now, like you're saying you're at the gym five days a week, that's going to pay you off. That's going to pay dividends later when you're, you're like really, really investing in yourself that way. Yeah, it's just funny because like you'd never really think about it. I mean, when you're from the ages of like 25 to even now 30, you know, there's so many days where I'm like, I just don't want to go to the gym. And I'm like, all right, I should. And no, that's no matter what, I always feel better after the gym. Yeah, diet, diet is huge. You're already conscious of that exercise and exercise for the internal organs, the heart and the lungs, liver, kidneys is huge. And then your musculoskeletal system. You see a lot of smokers still smoking cigarettes, people? Um. I mean, not really. A lot of these old ladies didn't have a huge history of smoking. Um, some alcohol. We see some people had a history of alcohol. And most of that is affecting the liver with the alcohol and then mm-hmm. your lungs breathing and yeah. cigarettes. Right. Interesting. So, like, what is the kind of the median age of the people you see in those, those older homes? Is 65 there an age? and older. Okay. Yeah. Medicare age. And everything is paid for by the health insurance company or is it the private? Primarily. There are some people who are private pay, but most of my patients are Medicare or managed Medicare sort of a thing. All right, man. All right. Well, let's let's talk about comedy. Yeah. Now that we've gone through the day job. Yeah. Um, very cool, man, though. You're taking care of older people. And that's mm. a it's a blessing. The other day um, I was at the, I was in the nursing home and they have like a day room 
where all the residents. Did you do 10 minutes in the day? No, but there was a person, <laughs> yeah, a there was a person there, like an old guy just doing, you know, the recreation, whatever. Strumming the guitar. Like, strumming his guitar. And I'm like, as a doctor, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's nice for the residents. But yeah, as a comic, I was like, who produces this show? Like, <laughs> You're I wonder like, if I can, I can do like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I love that, man. I'm sure you meet so many funny characters there. Like, I don't know what it is about older people, but sometimes they'll just say outrageous things that make the younger people laugh when they're not even trying to be funny. Do you get any material from them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, does anyone know you're a comedian there? It's kind of just like... Uh, more and more it. people are finding out. I try not to... yeah. Leak that. That was like um, we had Jared Schwartz. I'm not. From, I'm not sure if you're familiar with yeah, him. Yeah, he came on the podcast and he was talking about how he's a paraprofessional, right? And how he tries to not let anyone who he works with know no. that he's a paraprofessional, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just because, yeah. like, I mean, he's dealing with kids throughout yeah. the day. So any material that he would get, I guess he would just do it at, yeah. at a show outside of that. Yeah, a lot of people. Are, I've had my coworkers actually come. Oh yeah, to some of my shows at the comedy before. Yeah, I didn't do great. That show. <laughs> <laughs> like, they should stick to his day job. That's how, yeah. No, but I, I've right. seen, I've seen, um, senior at the comic strip. Where are you at a lot in New York City? I'm all over. Some I mean, spots. like a lot of the, in, like the indie shows, obviously. And then, uh, you do, I do a lot of governors in Long Island. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. So, yeah. what, which, what's it called? They have a couple, right? They have, uh, three rooms there. I think they used to be the history of those clubs. McGuire's or something. Yeah, McGuire's is in Suffolk County, which is pretty deep. That's in Bohemia, the town of Bohemia. Um, and that used to be an independent club. I think the owner uh, bought all of them and kind of put it all under the governor's umbrellas. But governor's used to be its own club. And the same with uh, what's called the brokerage, which is in Bohemia. And then you have governor's proper, I guess you could call it. I don't know, in Levittown. So uh, those are the three clubs there, which is great. I'm at the comic strip a, a few times a year. I like yours, which is thank you again. Yeah, of course. That. that was so much fun. So um, Christian and I first met at the Ted Jones Comedy Show. When was it? Like two and a half, two and a half months ago. Like this that, guy, yeah. Christian, reached out to me on DM and he got a spot. Okay, guys, that's right? That's what somebody you got to do. Not all of you, but that's what somebody you got to do. Reach <laughs> out and you'll get a freaking spot. So that's when did right. you start doing comedy, man? I started when did you get really involved in it. Um, I started 2014. My first gig ever was at a church. Uh, at December 2013 for a Christmas show. I had never done a mic or anything like that. I just, somebody was like, you want to do some comedy for the thing? I was like, yeah, I think I could do that. So I, I uh, wrote some jokes and uh, it went well actually. And then I started doing open mics uh, during residency. I was a first year resident. At How did you Stony fit Brook. that in? dude? I don't know. I oh, just, my friend uh, went to um, residency at Stony Brook. Oh, That's really? very funny. Yeah. And now he's in Chicago. Um, what's post-residency called? Fellowship? Fellowship. You could do that. I didn't do a fellowship. I was like, I'm going to start Oh, then maybe he's not. Maybe maybe he's practicing. I feel bad. My bad, Squigs. I forget which one you are. But I know he was at Stony Brook in Jefferson. Uh, Yeah, Port Jefferson. Oh, Port Jeff. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's where, at St. Charles? Maybe I, I know, know poor Jeff. I know every time I looked at his location, he was like right next to the Seven Eleven or whatever, yeah. whatever was right there. That's where I started doing. So that was 2014. I was doing open mics. Poor uh, Jeff out there a lot, and then I would also drive. But it was a long drive. Yeah, that's the exit to, 67 on the LA. Like, yeah, far out somewhere, yeah. somewhere like that, something like that. And then I would drive out to Queens, and I would do the Creek and the Cave mics. And oh, in Long Island City. In Long Island City, right and, outside and QED. The Nice. Oh, yeah, in Astoria. In Astoria. I would I, bomb, I would bomb a creek in a cave and then <laughs> go to QED to feel better about myself. So um, I believe uh-huh. I'm going tonight I'm going to the um, one man show Anthony DeVito has. I'm not sure if you've heard of this or mm-hmm. heard of Anthony DeVito. He was on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. The show is called My Dad is Not Anthony DeVito. So I'm going tonight QED. I've never been. Nice. Um, so I'm excited about that. So yeah. are you traveled into new york city for open mics though starting when like when did you that was 2014 2014 and that's a that's a big trip for you though uh it was now now i'm i mean i finished residency uh 
I finished residency 2017. So I was doing comedy 14, 15, part of 16, and then took some 16 and 17 off uh, to study for my boards. And then I, I finished residency, and then I moved up to White Plains. And then I started comedy again out there. I was doing mics out there at a place called Lucy's Lounge. I don't know if you're familiar with any, any of that. Um, and then I came back here, and I started again in Long Island, and then the city pandemic and all that stuff so i was doing what of, yeah what did the pandemic kind of look like for you um, the mindset shit shifted all uh, the pandemic for me so there was i was trying to do mics in long island there used to be like a zillion open mics on long island and then there was one at a place called one eye jacks and it was packed out um and how many nights a week did they do this was every night so that was good but it was it wasn't much so then uh all these outdoor bus stop shows started in manhattan and uh, there was one at Joey Bats Cafe. There was one at another place called Pinky's Space. And I got one night a week. Uh, mine was right after Jared Schwartz's show, actually, on Tuesdays. So I was doing that. And that was kind of fun, I guess you could say, kind of miserable. But it was what it was. Like, it was, that was the pandemic. It was like there were rats crawling around in and out of the garbage cans. And we were trying to tell jokes <laughs> to people who didn't give a fuck. But it was what it was. You know, you saw the nice thing about it was you saw everybody kind of like concentrated in one place. I think I feel like the closest thing to that now is seeing everybody in the cafeteria at the stand, the cafeteria, the dining Upstairs, hall, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what it feels like a cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, yeah. like everybody's there. Hall. It really is a great hang. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like getting into comedy during the pandemic and balancing your day job, I mean, did you have a lot of extra precautions when being around older people? I mean, I imagine you did, but like, what did your yeah, day but I get like? tested. Like I still get tested actually, even though I'm vaxxed. I still have to get tested for, How often? for nursing homes every week. So is there like a specific day that you go in and they swab you? Uh, yeah, usually Mondays. What's the deal? Why are there still so many booths on the street testing people for COVID? And why are they all free? I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about I'm No idea. You just get tested and I it's just like get whatever. Tested. It's negative. Do, they, do they do your nose or yeah. they do your mouth? No, they do my nose. Yeah. I actually swab myself. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. So, so you swab in and you're at the nursing home mm -hmm. like five days a week? Uh, four days a week. Yeah, but it's a lot of, like, you're at the, I'm at the nursing home semi-briefly compared to the work that I do outside the nursing home, which is annoying because you have to write in your charts. You have to write, write a chart for every. So imagine you and I are doing this whole podcast, and now I'm going to go home and write an entire report on everything that we said, the entire back and forth, plus the physical exam. Well, you do it during everything. your, while you're doing it, right? Sometimes. But sometimes if you have a lot of people to see that day, it could like back things up. So you have to just kind of do it all. You guys, see are, all you guys are doing the Lord's work. It seems like a lot <laughs> less people are going to law school and medical school these days. Just because it's so freaking difficult. And I mean, there are, there are a ton of great doctors and a ton of great lawyers. Do you think they're all centered around metro areas? I mean, is that where the best pay is for doctors and lawyers? No, it's not. Rural areas are. They, really? Yeah. They, I could be making probably double or triple if I left New York. Why is that? Um, because they just don't have, it's a scarcity. They don't have practitioners. Because people want to be in the metro areas. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. It's saturated out here, just like comedy, I guess, sort of a thing. But uh, so they always try to incentivize you. We'll pay your loans. We'll, we'll part of your loans. Uh, we'll give you, you know, traveling expense money, this, that, all that. So, but I don't want to leave because of comedy. What? Plus my wife's family is here. What too, did, so. what did the loans kind of look like for you outside of school? Like how, if you don't mind talking oh, yeah, about I, it. Oh yeah, I don't care. I owe $600,000. Yeah, I know. For four years of school and five years of residency, or you get well, paid residency, you get paid. Residency? It's not great money. So, but, but you do four get four years of college and then four years of medical school. Yeah, that's I... right. Plus, they, because the interest is is like 
seven or eight percent, something like that. So when Joe Biden is talking about, I rounded up. I owe like five hundred and sixty something. When Joe Biden is right. talking about removing these loans, what does that look like? Are you in? It's the, not looking like anything. I don't. It hasn't happened yet. There's been a lot of talk about it. Um, but would all of your lo- well, your college loans would be removed, not your medical school? No, it should be everything. I mean, there's different like loan forgiveness programs, and right now. So I'm self-employed, right? So I work for nursing homes, but I, I, I don't really work for nursing homes. I work in nursing homes. So uh, it's a free service for the nursing home. Uh, but in, in basically the, the contract is, it's not really a contract, but the, the agreement is I'll see your patients. There's no service to the facility, but you give me access to these patients, right? Um, and I get to just charge their insurances directly instead of going through a thing. I'm self-employed. I'm not signing a contract or a W2 or anything like that. Like a hospital, for example, they'll generate off of a physician like $500,000 a year and pay them one fifty with some benefits. When you're self-employed, you just get money from the insurance company directly. So it's better to do that. And you pay for your own health insurance and all that stuff. So that's nice. But because I'm self-employed, it's, I'm not working for a not-for-profit sort of a thing. So that, when your, your loan's getting forgiven, looks differently if you're self-employed versus if you're working for a hospital, which is a not-for-profit. If you're working for a nonprofit or not-for-profit for 10 years, you get your loans forgiven tax-free. What I'm in right now in this income-based repayment, they, they say like, okay, let's say you're paying your loans off for 25 years. You can pay 10% of whatever your income is each year, which is a low amount. Uh, that way you can live off of the money you're making. You just give us a little minimum each year for 25 years. And after 25 years, we'll forgive your loan. But what we're going to do is you have to pay taxes on the amount that was forgiven. So each year with that 8% interest, it's like growing out of control. And well, let's, does it, keep, it goes up to 8% and then it keeps going up higher exactly. percentage-wise? So, so by the end, let's say they forgive... Right now, it's like $560,000. If it grows to like a million or $2 million at the end of 25 years, then they cancel or yeah, they, they say they forgive that much. Now I got to pay taxes on that. So that's, that brings me- Like half of that? Right back to where we started, you know? So, so what does what does your bank account kind of look like per month? Like, do you have to you have to pay off a portion each you, month? I pay, yeah, I pay ten percent. It of, comes out of your paycheck or whatever. No, it doesn't come out. Of, I just have to pay it. Like, okay, but uh, it's not like a direct deposit sort of a thing. How do you know how much to charge if you're doing like self if you're self employed? Uh, like you're, you said you're charging the patient. There's a fee schedule that Medicare allows for each like type of visit you that you have. So if it's the first visit, you got to do a lot more work getting to know the patient. It's called like an initial consultation. Uh, there's a set price for that. And then for a follow-up, you kind of know them a little bit more. So you're kind of just following up on whatever the issue was from before. Um, if you do a little bit like more work for that versus like it was kind of a brief visit, prices are adjusted accordingly. What about like a phone call? Yeah, it could be like less. I don't do that, but it could be like, yeah, you could charge for that. If I call, And by you, the way, Medicare pays shit. Like it's like private pay. There are doctors who don't accept insurance. They're private yeah, pay. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, like I know a psychiatrist who, pay, who charges $500 per half hour. Does she like cure depression? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> with, the, with those I, rates? Yeah. She is but ayahuasca. Have you, um, <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about potentially starting a private practice, opening your own nursing home? Is that something that you can no, think about? No, I'm not. Uh, I can't say that joke out loud. But I was, <laughs> I was going to add a joke that I can't say. But um, no, I mean, listen, I'm just, it's kind of like a day job for me. It's like not an identity. It pays the bills right now, but like. 
if I was to go that route and all that, like, I don't know. If I was to be an entrepreneur, I wouldn't be in medicine. Okay. But like you said, I think I caught you say once you were a project manager for a building. Is that Property right? manager. A property manager. Yeah. So I worked at my dad's company for six and a half years, dude. That's sick. And I basically, like you said, it was paying the bills. But like after six and a half years, I mean, after like five years, I kind of realized, all right, I want to do entertainment, you know, whatever it was with the improv podcast, vlog, comedy shows, entertainment full time. Right. So, uh, the pandemic was approaching and I was like, all right, I'm going to wrap it up here. Then the pandemic hit and I felt like I needed to help my dad out. Uh, so I stayed at his company another year and then I started doing, um, all the comedy shows, the podcast and the vlog, but, um, you probably have a wealth of knowledge though on how to yeah, run, dude, run a business, so, run a building. So much. But the thing is like it, what, nothing was really going to change for me until like one day when I would potentially maybe like take over the company. So I was like in the company for six and a half years and then year 15, I would take over the company. I just didn't want to wait. I didn't like doing it, but yeah, I learned yeah. so much just from being thrown into the, the fire as you will, just cause like I graduated from college, didn't have a job and it was kind of given to me and I appreciate it so much. But like, I also learned just so much and learned so much about people and things that I would never know to this day. Right. So that's, I mean, if I was to do like entrepreneurship, it wouldn't be in nursing homes, but my wife and I talk about like potentially buying property, like investment properties. Yeah. That's that sort great of thing. And trying to great like, idea. Yeah. What does your trajectory look like for the next say three years, two, three years? I don't know. I have no idea. Right now, I'm just, like, I'm newly married, so. Yes, Mazel Tov. I met your wife. You. Great woman, of course. What was her Thank name? You. If Irene. you want to say your name, yeah, Irene. No, sure, sure, Irene. What's up? <laughs> she's great. She's awesome. She's uh, She works as a physical therapist. She's super supportive. She's sweet. I'm uh, very blessed to have her. Did you guys meet at the same place? Uh, we met at church, home? actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tell me you did a fire 10 minutes set. And she, <laughs> she caught you It wasn't that night, actually, but yeah, oh, no. We met, <laughs> I have done comedy for that church, but um, she uh, it wasn't that night. But no, yeah, she, we met at church. She's great. Uh, she's awesome. She's got a very funny sense of humor, so I'm blessed with that. Nice. And um, But she's very business-minded. She loves entrepreneurship, so she's always pushing us to like invest and kind of looking out for the future where my mind is always on comedy sort of a thing. So, yeah. And so and that's it. I'm just in the comedy grind like everybody else. It's fucking rat race, right? Yeah, man. That's what it is. It's great. It's yeah. freaking great. Do you rent or you own right now? I rent right now. Okay, smart. Don't yeah. buy a house, man, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, really? I, I, you know, just from like, just from seeing, seeing so many people do that, especially nowadays with interest rates going up and mortgage be, mortgages being refinanced, if you buy a place, you got to do work to it. You got to fix the kitchen, add value. You got to yeah. fix the bathroom, add value. You need to be in a place that's paying you, you know? So you got to be buying a duplex or buying a, a tri triplex. Right, right, so you right, live right. in one and then the other yes. two pay you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have income producing, you right. know, like while value in real estate so in like New York has gone up like that. Don't know. Yeah, just because yeah, if right. it has one door, you should rent it. If it has multiple doors, you should buy. It. How do you feel about like a mother daughter type of home? You mean like we're like a, it's, it's like two, a two family, but it's legally a one family, I think, sort of thing. But you well, could still rent. I think if I think if you're getting income, then that's, then it's okay. Then it's good. Okay. Yeah. But besides that, if you keep paying and keep paying, like you move into a place. Okay, look, it looks great. Oh, now all of a sudden, shit, the roof is freaking yeah, leaking. Yeah, yeah. And if I rent the place, the landlord will fix it. If right. I own the place, I got to fix it. Now I got taxes. Now I got mortgage payments. Right. Oh, shit, the refrigerator doesn't work. I thought the, the guy who I bought it from said it was a brand new refrigerator. Shit, there's $800. Oh, no, the plumbing is messed up. We didn't even know about the plumbing. Yeah. Oh, there's a $2,000 job. So there's so many unexpected costs that come with owning a home. Yeah. And especially if, like, you own the home for such a significant period of time. There's so much that you put into it. And yeah, maybe the price of the home has gone up 25% over 10 years. You just don't think about all the hidden costs that go from all, like, all the money that you've put into it over time. What would you say, if uh, aside from real estate, 
is another great way of investing for I think um, I mean right now it's it's tough to say I wouldn't give anyone financial advice in this yeah, market right now right. Um, but I've always been an Apple guy I've always been an Amazon guy just like the big companies I mean when it was what was it Fang when it was Netflix uh, Facebook Apple but I mean I've been a huge advocate of crypto you like I was gonna so ask well you like crypto now. yeah yeah um, I got into Bitcoin when it was at like eight thousand. I got into Ethereum when it was at like 800. So I'm still doing okay. I like watching, uh, you know, Karen Margolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like watching her videos. She has like some. Uh, yeah, she does like crypto cryptos. stuff, right? Yeah, 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 she was on um, one of our shows. Yeah, she, so I think like, I mean, this is a good time to get into crypto. I wouldn't say like bet the boat on it, bet the house on it, but like, yeah. uh, it's just like with inflation going through the roof and it's at like 8% over the past year and a half yeah, or something like, something like that. Like, it just seems like you're either going to keep your money under your mattress or yeah. you got to put it in somewhat of a risky stock. Yeah, yeah. And keeping it under your mattress with inflation like this, it's just, it doesn't seem like the move. So right now, I wouldn't give anyone any financial advice, but I, I have in the past and told people to invest in Bitcoin, invest in crypto, and kind of spread out a little bit. Because if Bitcoin does go to the moon or Ethereum does go to the moon, you don't want to be left out. Right. You know, yeah. that's, that's just something that I You have any I've feelings about, about Tesla? I think Tesla's great. I don't have any Tesla. I know my mom bought Tesla at like, I forget what it's at right now, but she's made like eight times her money. I know other people have made eight times their money. I think Elon Musk is the freaking goat. I think he's the man. And I think you also kind of got to invest behind people. Yeah, too. you right, know, right, I kind of right. like that. You know, you see a guy like Elon, you're like, oh yeah, his company is maybe like floating a little bit right now. But I don't know. I just I that like tweet him. he put out was kind of scary the other Which day. Which one about him like disappearing under weird circumstances? He's <laughs> like, if I suddenly disappear. It's been nice knowing you. I think it was like, <laughs> few, yeah, it was like a tweet like a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, well, that would be, like that. that would be, yeah, I wouldn't, I would not want him to disappear, man. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be wild. So, who are some of the comics that you look up to that kind of made you? I don't want to say make the full transition, but I guess um, got you interested enough to start pursuing it very seriously. So uh, Louis C.K., I guess, but it it he did the stand the other the other night. Oh really? It definitely evolved though. Like as I started doing comedy, so I I liked Louis before I was doing comedy, but as I started doing comedy, I became more of like a short joke guy, like zingers. Like a David Tell or a Rodney Danger. Like I really love Rodney Dangerfield. I love everything about. I love that time of life. I love the decor of the club. Did you I ever go the, to his club on 61st Street before yeah, it closed? Yeah, People like shit on it because it was like depressing, like 1970s looking <laughs> yeah. paneling. It was like I never falling act, apart. I've never actually been inside, but I've only, oh, heard, really? I've only heard not so great. But I liked it. It was like these little like red lamps and they had like chocolate cake and it was like, it was like an old timey fucking, oh, yeah, love it. you know, club. I like that, that sort of a thing, you know? Um, clubs are very different now. Well, but I, I saw you. You were in a, a suit. Were you at the Friars Club? Yeah, that's like another. <laughs> that's like a couple that's months like ago. A, it's like a oh, modern then day. You look classy. I've Thanks. actually been to the Friars Club before with my grandparents. Like probably ten years really? ago, I went there once, and I was wearing like exactly what you were wearing. A yeah, suit or something that's what like it's that. like. It's like Dangerfields. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Okay, it's like a time capsule. Sort so of Louis C.K. Before you started comedy, and that what you just started going to more shows and see more comics, or what kind of change there? Um, well, you start to like try to write jokes, I guess, and then you figure out what works for you and what doesn't. So I'm not much of a storyteller. Like I don't do act outs, uh, even though I think they're awesome. I, I just don't really feel like I have the ability to act or to do all of that. I'm more like a punchline guy. So if my, my joke like rises or, rises or falls by the audience just getting the punchline. If they get it, they, they get it. They don't, they don't. But like, um, so I'm more of like an Attell, where the way Attell, I'm not like anything near Attell, but the way Attell says, Attell always says he's a club comic, he's not a theater act. And I feel like that's, there's very different, he's right, like, there's a big difference. How do you perceive that? 
Like short jokes, small, tight audience, low ceiling, that sort of a thing. I think even Mark Norman has talked about how like seller comics, they're very like every two seconds there's a punchline, there's a punchline, they're very tight, that sort of a thing. But a theater act, I mean, there's short jokes, there's voices, there's act outs, they're all over the stage, they're sweating. You know what I mean? Like they're really going in, you really are getting a whole production like a Broadway play all in one person. I'm not that. I'm just like very just punchy, you know? So, um, but yeah, I like Louie. I love Louie. I love Bill Burr. Um, but I, I'm not anywhere near that sort of a style uh, in terms of like what I, so you kind of write and you find out who you are and what you're comfortable doing. Do you love New York City? Because of comedy, I do. Why not otherwise? Um, I think it's like too stressful. No, it's not sh- well, driving is a little stressful. Yeah, like you were been saying before, not because it's not finding the, parking. It's not the, yeah, the parking situation is annoying. You can't park before seven p.m. anywhere, and then the bicycles, because like if you're in the right lane anywhere else outside of Manhattan, <laughs> you can just make you a right. right on red. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's not even the right on red. You can just make a right period if you're in the right lane. But if you're gonna if you're in the right lane in Manhattan, you got to make sure there's a bike. You're not gonna like yeah, nail yeah, yeah, a bike yeah, to the right of you. Flying past you. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of. I never want to hit a person. That's that's the thing. You live so you're living in White Plains now. No, I moved back to Long Island. I live in Oceanside. Oceanside, close to Long Beach. So I'm like South Shore by the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, nice man. Yeah, it's not bad. Nice. Yeah. So what um what do you think the plan is going forward? I know I asked you like two or three years, but in terms of like comedy, are you just looking to get more spots? Comedy is crazy because now we have to do all these things. Like you have to have a big social media presence and all this clout and all the shit. Um, I don't. My goals are very, every person I talk to, they're like, they want the same thing. They want like the Netflix special and all that. I kind of don't want any of that. I kind of wish I was a stand-up comic back in the day where you- Dangerfield days. Yeah, like where nobody really knows you, but you could just walk into a club and tell your jokes and go home sort of a thing. I don't know if it was really that easy, but that's how it looked, you know? Um, I wouldn't mind having the same one hour for my whole life, you know, having my day job as a physician and then going at night and just telling, I I just want to be a local club comic. Do you feel like you have an hour now? That's it. No, not yet. How much time do you think you have? Somebody who's like, all right, go up that there. I'm proud of? Yeah. I can do, I have probably like 40 minutes of jokes. Nice. But I'm proud of like 20 minutes. That's great. Yeah. But 40 minutes, you can go up there and maybe do a little crowd work. and Yeah, with crowd work, yeah, I could do, exactly. And I have other jokes, but they're not, they don't always hit. Like, that's the thing about comedy. It's like, it's like bittersweet. It's like, not bittersweet, but it's like, it's fun and also annoying at the same time that jokes don't all hit at like the same percentages. Some jokes hit like 80%. Yeah, it's like just audience also. It's too. The, exactly. And other jokes, like some jokes that you do on Long Island that'll get an applause break, you're going to get fucking booed or whatever. Not booed, but like dirty looks here in Manhattan sort of a thing. So you got to try to find enough jokes that make people there happy for 40 minutes or half an hour and people here happy for half an hour if you're planning to do both scenes sort of a thing. So I'm still kind of between that. Do you ever do spots out Long Island and then come into the city? Is there time for that? I was talking to these guys here uh, who are watching and listening about how, like, in L.A., you really have to plan everything out. It's not like, yeah. oh, I can do this one spot here, and then maybe I'll go try and run and do another spot. It's tough. Not really, no, because the go- – not really, no. no. Unless it's a – yeah, if it's a bar show, that's different. But governors, I try to just stay to be respectful. How many people are, or how many seats do they have at that club, governors? That's a good question. I'm not really sure. It's a pretty nice room, though. It's a very. I've seen like a ton of people uh, from New York City do it before. Yeah, it's. I think it's like a headliner club sort of thing. They have a like. I just do guest spots there, but um, it is like if you're a headliner, then you can just go there and have a night or a weekend sort of a thing. It's nice. 
it's it's pretty good. But I like New York City because of the showcase thing. I like having the option to do like 10 minute, 15 minute spots everywhere you go versus like other states. You're just emceeing, featuring or headlining and, and that's it. What's your favorite club in the city? Um, I don't have one. I nice. think every club has its own flavor, mm-hmm. sort of a thing. I like hanging out at New York Comedy Club, especially the East 4th location, because the bar is like, it's bigger, but it's like dim lighting. It's intimate. Uh, they're very welcoming there. The stand is cool because you see everybody, but it kind of feels like a high school uh, like a cafeteria. So uh, that's that. But they're nice there, too. They're, the staff is very welcoming, and it's like aesthetically gorgeous. Uh, the cellar is great because it's a cellar. Um, and what else is there? What am I missing? Gotham. Gotham is like really, have you been to Gotham? Yeah, of course. It's very elegant. Gotham for me, yeah, Gotham is like a very elegant experience. I liked, I like being there. So I'm looking forward to doing the uh, Arab Festival again this year. When is that? That's in November. Okay, nice. Man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So Christian, this has been a great time. You want to let them know about anything else that you're planning on doing in the next upcoming months? Um, doctor wise or comedy wise, anything <laughs> your life wise. Doctor wise, uh, don't look me up. Probably, <laughs> uh, unless you want to send your grandmother my, one of my nurses. MD, that's, great. That's yeah, well, fun. that's actually good. That's a I'm good actually plug. a DO. I'm not an MD. I'm actually a DO. Okay, okay. What osteopath- does that stand for? Uh, doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> um, it's just like we took one extra class in med school that MDs didn't take about like manipulative medicine. Manip- manipulative meaning like your hands, not manipulative like mind wise. Yeah. That's like more psychiatrist stuff right, that we were yeah. talking about. Um, so like, we're kind of like chiropractors and physicians in one. Even though other DOs, if they heard me say that, they would not like that. <laughs> but that's the truth. Dude. It right, is what right, it right. is. Um, but yeah, no, just Instagram, really. I guess shout out, shout Christian out. John Comedy at Instagram on Instagram. And when's in the when's your next spot that we can see you at? This is coming out like a yeah, week from today. Sure. So figure your early early June spots. Er, oh, early June spots. Yeah, yeah, early June spots. Um, I'm early. actually going to be at June first, Williamsburg, a place called Easy Lover. June second. Yes, I've heard of that. Uh, oh, actually, uh, Stand Up New York, June 11th. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Christian, Yo, thank you man. so much, man. Thanks I appreciate for having you me. for coming it. over. Yeah, this Guys, great. follow Christian. He's the freaking man. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Later. Peace.